I want to talk to you today about how we were made for more. You know, we live in a social media, always online type of world today. And it seems like everybody wants to be a social media celebrity. A few years ago, the only celebrities that we had in our world were sports stars or movie stars, TV personalities or, or musicians and singers. Today, we are surrounded by people who are social media celebrities. Uh, these are the kind of people that are Instagram celebrities, Facebook celebrities, TikTok celebrities. And they're not celebrities because of their acting ability, singing ability, or anything that they do on a sports field. They're celebrities purely because they take a good or make a funny video. And the thing about it is social media celebrities is open to everyone with a social media account and a camera. And you can become the next Instagram or TikTok star. But I think this always on to be social media celebrity has only served to heap more pressure on an already heavily pressurized part of our society. You see, if your approval comes from Instagram, then you need to realize that you're only as good as your last post. It's amazing to me at the amount of social media celebrities that commit suicide every year. These so-called successful people with millions of followers and mo the money and the lifestyle that once were the privilege of celebrities are some of the most depressed people in our communities today. Here's the thing. Social media will spit you out as quick as it makes you a star. Why? Because people who look to Instagram for their approval are looking for the approval of faceless people who are not in any way invested in their lives. We need to find and get our approval from God. If your approval comes from likes on Facebook or views on YouTube, then you're selling yourself short. There's more than that. What I want you to know is that you were made not for the approval of people who don't know you and have nothing to do with you and are not invested in your life. You were made for the approval of God. You see, if you only see yourself through other people's eyes, you will never be able to see that God planned you and that He made you and He's calling you into the more that He created you to be. You need to realize Psalms 139 and verse 14 says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I may have told you before, but I love watching programs on television like, like How It's Made or Food Factory. And if you've ever seen one of those programs, especially Food Factory, I'm kind of fond of Food Factory now, you'll see that what they do is they, they take you from the very field to the table with any given product. They'll bring you to where the product is, uh, is grown and, and they'll bring it from there into the factory and, and then they'll show you what it was mixed with and, and they'll bring you on all the different stages of the muffin right through from when it came to the factory when it was mixed right through to the preparation, to the baking and, and then coming to the end of the show they'll show you all of these muffins flowing out of the oven flowing down a conveyor belt. And they have a person sitting on the end of the conveyor belt 
looking at all the muffins. And what they're doing is any of the muffins that are not quite risen well or that have overrisen and, and overflowed their cupcake, they'll take them off and they'll discard them. And when I seen this a few weeks ago, I thought, hasn't life got a funny way of doing the same? If you're not perfect, if you're not perfect in the eyes of these so-called perfect people, they have the ability now to discard you, to call you a reject. If you don't measure up to their eyes of perfection in some area. Do you know that we're surrounded by people that feel that they have been deemed and determined to be rejects in life? And unfortunately, that's sometimes how we feel too, isn't it? We feel that because we're not the best looking or the most intelligent, because we don't drive the best car or live in the biggest house, because we don't run the company or take two holidays a year, because we don't have the latest iPhone 12, we somehow feel that we're not valuable or important. Do you know when Jesus started out in his ministry, the first thing that he did when he was looking for followers is he went and he found 12 young men to follow him in ministry. And when Jesus was looking for these men to train in his ways, he didn't go to the usual places. He didn't go to the schools or he didn't go to the synagogue or, or where the other religious people would meet. He went to the river. He went to the marketplace. And when Jesus picked his apostles, his followers, not one of them was an outstanding scholar or the most likely to succeed. Instead, they were by and large a bunch of beaten down, lost men for the most part. And for three and a half years, Jesus led these apostles around and he trained them in all of his ways. And when they made mistakes, he picked them up, put them back on his feet again, encouraged them and he sent them out again. When Jesus died and ascended into heaven, he left behind a bunch of men ready to take the gospel to the whole world. See, what Jesus was doing here is he was showing these young men that there was more in them, that they were made for more. You know, if you've come to the point in your life where you think that this is as good as it's ever going to be, your life is as best you're now as it's ever going to be at, that now you've become more about surviving rather than thriving. If that describes your life perfectly today, I want to encourage you that despite how things may look today, this is only a season. And as with our wonderful Irish season, where it could be raining today and the sun could come out tomorrow, I want to encourage you to stick around because the great thing about seasons are seasons change. And this is only a season that you're going through in your life. And everybody goes through seasons. But while you're going through a season, it's important to remember there's a new season just around the corner. When Angela and I got married back in 94, we genuinely had nothing. Really, we had nothing. We, we hadn't even got a home. But we knew that when we set out on this path 26 years ago, we knew that we were entering into a new season in life. And we knew that as we go through life, different seasons were going to come and go. We moved into our first home six months after we got married, and we knew that was another season. We had now taken on new responsibilities in a new season. 
Emma was born just after two years of our, us being married. And believe you me, we moved into a whole new unchartered Star Trek season then. I mean, we boldly went where we believed no man or woman had ever went before. A few years later, Rebecca came along and we got into a whole new other season. Now we had two kids. I mean, we could hardly manage the one. Now we brought two seasons. But we knew as every season of life that we went through, we knew it was only going to be a season. At the moment at home, we brought a new dog into the house. And I mean that new dog, I mean he's doing as new dogs do, puppies. He's pooping and peeing everywhere. But you know the reason he's still alive and I haven't strangled him yet? It's because we've recognized that he's a puppy and this is a season. He's going to grow out of it. He's going to get to a stage where he'll be able to hold his bodily functions for longer than two minutes. Seasons. We go through seasons in life. Despite tough times sometimes and challenges that you go through, you got to realize that God has more for you. You were made for so much more than the stuff that's going on in your life at the moment. Here in church at the moment, we're going through a season. This is a completely unchartered territory. No churches have ever gone through this season before where they've gone through a, a period of time where they have been shut down because of a, a major worldwide pandemic. But as we've been in this season of being out of church in March and back in church in July and back out of church now again in October, we've got to realize that, you know what? This is a season. And God is the one who ordains seasons. We've got to remind ourselves of that. That no season comes or goes but with God's hands. And in this new season, when they announced that we were locking down again, we were like, no way, this can't happen. But then we went, you know what? It's a season. And God is in control. God is the one ordering this season. God will never allow a season to come in your life that you cannot handle. You've got to remember that. And as we go through this season of lockdown, you know, we're encouraged to know that a day will come and we're praying and believing and trusting God soon that this season too will pass. You know, God never created a failure. You know, that's true. I don't care what anyone has ever told you, God has never created a failure. Oh, inventors have created failures just ask some of the greatest inventors in the world how many failures did they go through before they actually invented what they've invented every year you'll see new cars come to the market new computers come to the market all with better specs better engineering better designs why because they're perfecting their invention nobody has i think i don't know maybe i'm wrong nobody has ever brought perfection to the market the first go if you've got a computer or phone or a, a, a laptop or a tablet or whatever, you'll notice that every so often there's an update comes up on your screen. Why? Why is the updates there? Because they're continuing to perfect stuff. And in you and me, God is perfecting us all the way. That doesn't mean that the you of yesterday, the you of last year was a failure. It means, no, God is working with you to bring perfection in your life. Does it mean that when I get a, an update on my computer, that the, the manufacturers of the computer have just realized that my computer is junk, so they need this update. No, they're improving it. And God is bringing improvement to your life. He is perfecting you because God knows that he's made you for more. And as you trust God and as you walk with God, 
God is bringing you into that more that he's made you for. Don't give up if you feel that your life is, is going through tough times at the moment, if you're going through depression at the moment, if, if hard times are coming your way. The season will change. Just trust and believe God with faith and patience that your seasons will change. In every person that's living on this world today, God has put his God-given potential in. And that will only be revealed when people realize that God Almighty made them and has purposed them for something more than what they're experiencing today. So you know what? If God never created a failure, why do I feel like a failure sometimes? Why do I do things wrong sometimes? Why does everything that I touch come up as a failure? Why, why, why do I not succeed at stuff? You know what? You got to remember, just as good as God is, we got an enemy. And in John 10, 10, the, the Word of God says that the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy has a plan for your life, every bit as much as God does. But unlike God's plan, the enemy's plan for your life is to destroy you and everything that you hold dear. But God has won the victory. God has, had, has the last word. And God has declared you to be more than what you are now. Within you is the potential to be great. And God has said that He, despite what the enemy has come to do, that God has come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Oh, the enemy may come and he may have a victory today. He may have a victory this week. But the final victory will be God's as long as you point and steer your life towards Him. Jesus has said that even though we have an enemy whose plan is to destroy you, that God has plans to give you an abundant life. Church, you were made for more. There is more in you. You have been made an overcomer, not just someone who settles because of your past or throws in the towel on life. No, settle for God's best. Don't ever settle for what you had yesterday or what you had last year. Settle only for what God has for you. Amen? We were made to make a difference. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You know, God saved us and called us and gave us a purpose even before we were born. Isn't that amazing news? You know, there's one thing that you should continually remind and encourage yourself with and your family, and that is you were made for more. Encourage your kids. Tell your kids, even when they make mistakes, even when they fail, even when they don't pass the exam, even when they miss out on that college place, when things are not going well, encourage them. You were made for more. You were made for more. There's more in you. Never declare your kids a failure. Never declare your kids useless. Never declare that on yourself or your family. Always in your family, encourage yourselves. There's more in us. We were made for more. And in our early days of marriage, when, I mean, Angela and I, we went through tough times. They weren't easy. But we always knew 
Every season we went through, that God had a plan and a purpose for our lives. We were made for so much more than what we were going through at that time. Regardless of how it may look like right now in your life, you've got to believe that you are not created average. You are not created a failure. You were created by Almighty God who confirmed it through His Son, Jesus Christ, that you were made for more. God didn't create you to be a reject or to be abused or neglected. God, God's thoughts of you are so much more than your thoughts of you. God's thoughts of you are thoughts of victory. You're always on His mind. And He always wants to see and always wants and desires the best for you. God made you to receive the answers to your prayers. You are not made to live in fear or to live without confidence. God created you to be a powerful person, to be a more than a conqueror, to be victorious in this life. God created you to be someone that when you stand up, that the enemy runs from you. You know, that's why the enemy spends all of his time trying to destroy you, because he's jealous of you. The enemy is truly jealous of you because he sees in you everything that he wanted for himself. And his mission in life is try to try to steal from you everything that God wants to bless you with. He is trying to block you from getting a revelation that God has made you for more and that there's no limit to what you can't do through God. God has made you for more than your past or your current circumstances that has held you back. Never let anybody tell you that you are less than what God says that you are. You were made for more. But so many Christians have forgotten their identity in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse 37 says, Yet in all these things that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. I want you to say that to yourself this morning, today, this evening, whenever you're watching this. I am more than a conqueror through Him, through Him, through Jesus who loves me. I am more than a conqueror. If you need to stand in front of a mirror, if you need to pause this video now to go and find yourself a mirror, I'm sure some of the ladies have mirrors in their bags. Ask Him for a lend of it when they're finished. But tell yourself today, I am more than a conqueror. I am made for more by Christ who loves me. When you're going through a battle, you should lift your head up high and remind yourself that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves me. I remember reading years ago how Chinese parents would tightly wrap their daughter's feet in bandages to stop their feet from growing because small feet are desirable in China. And I think for many people, that's what the enemy has done to us from an early age. He has tied people up in bondages so tight as to try and stop them from becoming all that God created them to be. We are more than conquerors. We are made for more. You know, I never excelled in school. If you knew me in school, You'd have known I wasn't the guy that got the A's. I didn't even get B's, maybe once or twice. I got a C one time in an Irish exam that shocked even me because every other Irish exam I took to that point, I failed. Failed at my intercert, failed at my leaving cert. 
I never excelled in school. I never excelled on the sports field. I wasn't your David Beckham on the soccer field, even though in my mind I thought I was, but I wasn't. I wasn't the greatest hurler or footballer. I wasn't. I love sports. I love to play sports, but I never excelled. Do you know in my schoolwork, I never blamed my teachers for the fact that I didn't excel. I never blamed my sports coaches for the fact that I didn't excel on the sports field. It wasn't their fault. The reality of the situation is it was probably my fault. You could say that I didn't excel because I didn't know any better. I didn't have anybody in my life telling me that there was more in me. I wonder if I had someone around me. I wonder if you, at a young age, had someone around you telling you and encouraging you, there's better in you. There's more in you. Come on. There's better. You were made better than this. You were made for more than this. I wonder what our lives would look like. You know, when Jesus walked in his ministry, he purposefully went to places where people who had hard lives were. And, and he encouraged those people that there's more in you. You're made for more than this. When he picked his disciples, he picked people that were already beaten up by life. And he encouraged them. You were made for more than this. There's more in you. Jesus took these men. He trained them. He encouraged them. He got them to start thinking differently because you know what? The battle is in the mind. We've got to start thinking differently. We've got to flick that switch wherever it is in our minds to make us start thinking differently because the enemy has pre-programmed us to believe that we are failure, to believe that we're a reject. And God wants to reprogram us. Our reprogram will come when we start to change our thinking. Today, right now, I want you to forget that people said you're a reject. Whether it was a teacher, a parent, or a sports coach, I want you to forget that. And I want you to know now, and I want you to start telling yourself, I'm made for more. I'm better than this. God has loved me, called me, placed more in me. Jesus encouraged his disciples to, to start to think differently, that they weren't failures and that with him that they could live this abundant life. Jesus demonstrated the Jeremiah 29, 11 into the disciples' lives. I know the thoughts that I think about you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not evil to give you a hope and a future. That's what Jesus drilled into his disciples. He encouraged them. He built them up. He G'd them on. He was their cheerleader and their leader because he knew that there was more in them. I want you to know today that God has an amazing future for you. You are always on his mind. God keeps your picture on his fireplace. God's thoughts for you are only thoughts of good. He is not planning to get you. He's not out to harm you, take you down or to destroy you because of the sins that you've sinned. God is not angry at you because of the things that you've done in the past. He hasn't discarded you or he's not disappointed in you because of your failures. No, our God in heaven is calling on you. He's willing you to succeed. He wants you to stop thinking defeat. He wants you to realize that you are more than a conqueror and that you are made for more than this.
Now I want to give you the chance to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. If you don't know Jesus, this is your opportunity. If what we've talked about over the last few minutes has impacted you and you now know that you need to make Jesus your Lord, we're going to give you the opportunity now in a moment. Romans 10 and verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We want to be saved. You want to be saved. Your salvation comes with your confession of your faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 10 and verse 13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if that's you today, repeat this quick prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I give you my life. Jesus, save me. Make me brand new. I give you my life. Thank you, God, for forgiving me of my sins. Make me into the person you created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If that was you today and you've just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to welcome you into the family of God. If you like, go ahead and stick it into the chat on the side there. Let us know that you've made a decision for God. We'll be in contact with you during the week. If you like also, you can contact us on info at alivechurch.ie. Drop us a line there and we will be sure to get back to you. Thank you so much for joining us today here in Alive Church. I want to, as we go, I want to pray our final prayer and blessing. It says in Numbers chapter 6, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen.